We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. What a beautiful Monday it is in the city of Chicago. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Now, we're, we're all a sucker for some good rumors. Mm-hmm. And Rich Eisen, one of my favorite. I love the way that he he does sports. It's just, you know, I feel like not too serious. Yeah, you know? very, very lighthearted. Chill, you fun. Know, just kind of, yeah. So he, he had his self-deprecating. Uh, self-deprecating. Uh, most certainly. Just mm-hmm. a, a, a fun guy. You love, you love hearing from him. And he had a top five NFL Combine rumors wrap-up. Sort of David Letterman-esque. And so what we're going to do is we're going to play them, and then Aunt, you and I, we get to discuss each one okay. of these things, all right? But I'll, I'll be the number sounder, because right. I always always wanted to do that back in my day. <laughs> Let me see. Hold on. David Letterman this, this or Ryan Seacrest? Like, I, I feel like suck. there's a generation who's a little younger than us who maybe would view Ryan Seacrest as like the well, countdown guy. Well, see, my aspirations are lower, so I just okay. wanted to be the guy okay. that says the numbers. This one's going to suck, but they're going to get better as they get out. Number five. <laughs> They're going to get Two teams that were quarterback needy at the end of the season, starting third stringers, and had a chance to go to the playoffs and maybe make a deep run in the playoffs, referring to the Miami Dolphins and, of course, the San Francisco 49ers. I heard at the Combine, number five on this list. You heard. That Philip Rivers contacted both of them to come back late last year. Oh. Philip called them? Philip Rivers contacted both of them, is what I heard, and that's the way I heard it. That is not surprising in the least bit. Mm-hmm. I'm, and, and I'm sure you can speak to this that, you know, when, you're, when Father Time has snatched you up <laughs> outside of the game, you still Snatch in your heart you of heart. You're still asshole. trying to do your thing. Father Time's like, hey. Come over here, little bro. And then, and then you finish, and then, then you see an opportunity. And you're like, oh, pfft. I'm like, has anybody got the Niners number or the Dolphins? Because I'm sure I'm I could play. Definitely better than him. If they're playing I'm, him, I'm go ahead and cut me this check real quick because he is awful. They need me. Brock Purdy? <laughs> right. No. Oh, hold on. I bet you once they get my call, they're going to go ahead and sign me. And then, yeah, and then the right. Niners and the Dolphins are like, who is this? <laughs> did you yeah. want a coaching position? New or phone. You, new phone. Who this? Yeah. yeah. We, we uh, saw you in Indy. Uh, we'll, we'll pass. But thank you. Thank but you, you believe it, though, right? You uh, believe it, though, right? Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I was shocked he didn't try to go to camp with somebody again. Because he, yeah. he's an obviously an uber-competitive guy. Done some football camps with Phillip Rivers in the past. When he was oh, still, really? Okay. Like, in his heyday, in his prime. Even in that setting. Like, you know, just kind of coaching against him in youth camps where, like, all right, his team's doing this, my team's doing that. And he's still, like, even to kids, talking smack, 
and so you know funny. out there like running on in the field doing this and that. So he's a very competitive guy, very confident guy. And it uh, doesn't surprise me one bit. And I don't think it's the last time we'll hear that Phillip Rivers is still that. interested in playing. Could have helped the Dolphins make the playoffs, you know, or get, you know, be in a better yeah, position in the right. playoffs. Niners, I don't think not, I don't think so much because they're definitely like a, uh, they have a system in place. And Brock mm-hmm. Purdy obviously was capable of doing that. But do you think they laughed at him or do you think they, they like, I think they felt. They felt good enough about the position they okay. could maintain without him. You know, he's he's won a lot of games in this league, put up huge numbers. So in the end, you know, you get some some interest being expressed from Phillip Rivers. It's probably a, all right, let's, you know, go ahead and get in shape. If you're claiming you're already in shape, cool. You know, we'll we'll be in touch. That's and fine. perhaps if something would have gone south even further, then maybe they would have taken him up. I don't, I don't think they completely laughed him out of the room. But I think both teams had had been doing well enough offensively where they felt like we can get by, even though we're getting down our depth chart yeah. a little further. We got some youth here, there, but we, you know, between yeah. you know, both offensive coaches, yeah. they felt fine. I'm sure they thought we're we're down bad, but we're not down that bad. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, these are Rich Eisen's top five NFL combine rumors. Number four. Number four on the list is the Bears are already long down the road of trading the first oh. overall pick. Teams have been identified. Compensation is being hammered out. Wow. Yeah. And and sure enough, I saw Ryan Poles say today, I believe in Peter King's Football Morning in America column, if I'm not mistaken, saying that, hey, teams kind of want to know maybe before free agency begins mm. if they have a draft pick high enough to take a kid. And if a team wants that quarterback certainty this early in the process, they're going to have to pay for it. Man, Poles is playing this thing like a virtuoso so far, as far as I'm concerned. So I hear the Bears are already long down the road in trading this first-round draft choice. I love hearing that my GM is a virtuoso. Right. Sounds, sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think, do you think Ant, that, you know, because I'm, I'm big on the Bears trading before the, the draft as well, at least mm-hmm. down to the number two slot. Uh, Matt Spiegel and I are in agreement there. Um, do you think that the number one pick becomes more valuable um, as draft day approaches, or do you think that it's like right now where teams are just the teams that teams understand that the number one pick is to be had? So two things. One, I'm surprised. Like I love that on uh, Parkinson Spiegel they do their polls position, mm-hmm. and that they they use the theme song from the old cartoon poll position, which I hadn't heard in years, and I heard them doing the poll. Pulse position one day, like, man, I've heard that little cartoon jingle in a while. I love that they're using that. Somebody needs to get Luda involved in this, whether it's, you know, uh, <laughs> Mully and Haw, whether it's, you know, Bernstein and Holmes and, and Layla on a Wednesday or whatever. But, but get number one spot involved in this yeah. convo somewhere, yeah. somehow. You do it. Somebody needs to get Luda involved okay. in actually promoting I these Ryan Pulse conversations. Him. Yeah, make that happen. Yeah. But I think to your question, though, him trading down and, and how far down the road it is at the moment, I don't I don't necessarily think he's I don't think he's in as big a rush as is being reported. I do believe he's effectively using the media to get his point across, which is essentially I am open for business, but you gotta blow my socks off if I'm gonna make this deal right now. And it can be advantageous if you get some kind of historic trade for the number one spot at the moment and then go into free agency already knowing that you've acquired this extra yeah. draft capital, then you can treat free agency a little bit differently than right now you're still trying to play both lanes of I want to trade the number one pick and I want to operate free agency. If you get a great deal 
already. I mean, there's there, you know, there's bad deals to be had, but if you get an amazing offer for the number one pick right now, then what's really the benefit of waiting beyond yeah, that? I love that uh, because – I mean, it, it makes a ton of sense, right? I mean, do you value it that much? Then put up the numbers and then allow yeah, right. Ryan Poles to kind of do his thing in a better a better way, kind of understanding where he's going. Quickly, before we go to the next one, you mentioned pole position, and it just it took me back <laughs> at, for a second. So, you know, I used to be in a singing group, right? right? Uh-huh. And, I've heard. Yeah. And so three years in a row at the Chicago Music Awards, I was up for Songwriter of the Year. Were you? Yeah. Now, that I didn't yeah. know. Oh, yeah. And three years and in a row. An extensive resume. Things I don't talk about, but <laughs> and, and, and three years in a row, I lost to Twist, Twista, Kanye, and Jeremiah in that order. Wow. In that order, those are the people that I lost to. Okay, um, but I wrote a but song. But how did you time. lose songwriting to Twista? Nobody knows what the hell his lyrics are. <laughs> it's flowing too it's, damn fast because he, he, he wrote so many lyrics. That's why. <laughs> um, but so there was a there was a young woman who was on American Idol. She was from Chicago, and I was tasked with writing a song for her. Right. And, for huh? For Jay Hud? No, no, no. Oh, no, no, okay. No. I thought just <laughs> not that American Idol. Not that American Idol. I wish. Because hey, man, I uh, get Jay Hud on, on the name show. Drop. I don't want to name. <laughs> I got you. Um, I got so you. I'm writing this song for this girl, and I write in the song, blah 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 blah. I'm in pole it's position. Hennifer Judson. Still with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not going to name drop it, you know. A Judd. No, so so I, I write a lyric that says, you know, some, some, something, I'm in pole position. Okay. And she didn't understand that that was a reference uh, to race driving, right. race car driving. Right. And I was like, no, this means you're in the front. Like, you, you're you the best. You're number one. Uh, and she was like, no. And I was like, no, no. But she's like, I mean, thinks I'm, I'm on a pole somewhere. And I was like, no, this has nothing to do with you being on a pole. You're messing on my creative flow right now. Needless to say, I never wrote a song for her ever. Because <laughs> we didn't agree on that one. All right, continuing on with this, I'm glad you guys got a little game history right there. Uh, Rich Eisen's top five NFL combine rumors. Number three is that things are a little dicey between Lamar uh, Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I think we all knew that. I don't think that that's necessarily a rumor. That seems like a fact, so it's still going to be interesting. Got to keep an eye on that. Number two, however, is something that the Bears fans are most certainly interested in. Of rumors I heard at the combine, the Packers sure hope. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to come back. <laughs> they sure hope just like praying that when he comes up with his decision, it is I wish to retire or I wish to be traded elsewhere. Wow. They do not want his response to be let's run it back. When I say I heard that over and over and over again, it's just like you have no idea. Music to my ears, eh? Music to my ears, because that's what you want. I was at Four Mentos in Fulton Market, and my waiter saw that, knew that I worked for the Bears, and then he's like, hey, I'm a Packers fan. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, great, yeah, not that I care. <laughs> and he's like, we do not want Aaron Rodgers back. And I was like, damn, <laughs> even the fan base is turned on him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you think, I think he's going to go back with the, with the Packers. That's just what I think. What, what do you think when it comes to Aaron Rodgers? What's going to happen? Now that there is some some public discourse of, about him not returning to the Packers and folks trying to act confident that he won't, then yes, I definitely think it's a lot more likely he'll end up back in Green Bay again because I just he just strikes me as such a contrarian that that'll end up factoring into his decision. And now that we see, you know, New Orleans making their move, mm-hmm. Seattle making their move, some of these teams who, you know, some question about whether or not they're confident and comfortable in their quarterback situation at the moment or are they going to go into the draft or are they going to go try to get one of these other veterans who might be available. Aaron Rodgers in his mind is probably still thinking – 
Anybody would love to have me. Like, if I wanted to play for the Cincinnati Bengals, why would they pass on me? I'm Aaron Rodgers. I don't care who their quarterback is. Such an Aaron Rodgers Yeah, so I'm sure in his mind he still views himself in that regard. But in the end, what is the better situation he can end up in than what he's already got in Green Bay? Now, he's yeah. eating up a significant portion of their cap, but – it's the spot he's been his entire career. He knows the inner workings of the Packers organization. The Packers obviously know him and deal with him on a regular basis. And it's not necessarily up to them anyway. If he says, I'm coming back, they're not going to get rid of him. Right Now, he did that to Brett Favre. He was able to unseat Brett Favre because Brett Favre became such a big, you know, Eyesore, problem. basically. Yeah, he was a problem child in Green Bay towards the end of his time there. So Aaron was able to unseat him, but it doesn't really feel like Trey Lance, or I mean, it doesn't feel like Jordan Love has really gotten to that point yet yeah. where the franchise can be as confident in him as Green Bay had become in Aaron Rodgers when they got rid of Favre. I was talking to my friend today, and I was like, the Packers, what they're thinking in their mind is if we're going to suck and not make the playoffs and not, you know, we, then get rid of Aaron Rodgers. Let's do it with, with Jordan Love and let's, let's, let's rebuild the team. And they know they can't do that unless Aaron Rodgers steps aside. So it'll be interesting. Another storyline that we're going to be following closely. All right. Uh, Number one rumor for Rich Eisen coming out of the NFL Combine. Number one rumor I heard at the Combine. I just said that. Not in terms of a lot of yacht chatter, but this this one just blew my mind. Tom Brady may not be done after all. (laughs) What? (laughs) A couple people are like, just just hang on. Just you wait. Wait for and I'm what? like, I'm, 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 for? And I'm like, he's Instagramming out videos of his cat. <laughs> yeah, you know, trips. Yeah, he was at UFC. Over the weekend. All right, Ant, what do you think about that? Tom Brady not being done with football. Least surprising thing on this list. Really? Yeah, I, I don't think he, I didn't think he was done the last time he was at the podium in in Tampa Bay after their final game. So, um, you know, until somebody kicks off the regular season without Tom Brady at quarterback. I'm going to believe there's a good chance Tom Brady's going to return to the NFL next season. I th- I thought he was going to get some deal worked out with the Raiders right off the bat. Now, the fact that that didn't happen, then, you know, we'll, we'll see where things go now that they've definitively moved on from Derek Carr. But to me, you know, Josh McDaniels, only time Josh McDaniels has looked like a, a good coach has been when Tom Brady has been Thanks. his quarterback. So I think it works for him, works for Brady, gets out to the left coast. He's apparently hanging out in Vegas anyway. So that I still believe there's a good chance he'll be the Raiders quarterback. But if not there, you know, there's a couple other options that might be there too for teams who feel like they're on that Super Bowl or bust quarterback yeah. away kind of cusp. I mean, when you have Devontae Adams, when you have Josh Jacobs, I mean, I know he's a free agent, but if we have him and then you say to yourself, if I can plug and play Brady in that spot, like, yeah, we'll be all right. Yeah. The issues on defense, but – I mean, I could totally see it. I just, I honestly, in my heart of hearts, I hope it doesn't. Not mm. because of, you know, I don't want, you know, Brady to win another ring because I'm a mm. huge Brady fan. Okay. But I just, sometimes it's just time. Just starting to tarnish you things know? a little bit if you yeah. become this mercenary from one spot to the next. You just, you know, hanging you, on. That's what made the playoffs so good the last couple of seasons, right? It's just like you want that parody there. You want other stars to, to rise mm. and be given the opportunity to do so. And not that Brady. You know, isn't but it just it want takes the conversations blood. away. Yeah, get, get with the new blood. I want to see Justin Herbert in the playoffs. I don't want to see Tom Brady taking a spot from <laughs> Justin Herbert again. All right, we're out of here. Uh, we are going to turn uh, and change directions. <sighs> Unfortunately, uh, we are going to talk about the Chicago Bulls because oh, you guys yeah, know yeah. I do love yeah. the Bulls a lot and I do love talking about them. Mm. But damn, they hurt my soul worse than some of my exes. <laughs> and we get to talk to Darnell Mayberry on the other side. Bulls, like I mentioned. In 12th place, does Darnell Mayberry think the Bulls 
should shoot for that top four spot, which I think they have like a 30-something percent chance at getting, or should they shoot for the playoffs where they only have about a 6% chance of making it? We'll ask Darnell Mayberry from The Athletic on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. On 670 to score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Halliburton picked up by Beverly just over the eight-second line. We're down to the final seven seconds. Halliburton, 380. Halliburton, top side, three. Got it! Halliburton was going to give it up, and he nails the top side three. And he's talking to the crowd here. We got a timeout for the Bulls. Halliburton was going to give it up. You know what? And then he elected to shoot. Ah, breaks my heart. The exact same way it did last night as I was watching. Now, did it break my heart because I lost money? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> but I'm sitting there. I'm like, Bulls minus more 210. More broken. Yeah. More broke. The break. No, no. More broke. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> than I am. yeah. But I'm sitting there watching this game, and, I, you know, Bulls were minus 210 to win. And I just thought, and I knew it was going to go. The over-under was 227. I knew they were going to score a lot of points. And I knew it was everything. I mean, I'm watching this game, and the whole time, you know, the Bulls had the lead, gave it up. And then you're just waiting for that stretch run and where, you know, the, the, the Pacers are going to start missing shots because they had made so many. <laughs> and you're waiting for that so that the Bulls can so climb the Bulls. back on top. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they did. They got the lead back again. He thought, much, and I, as I'm watching the game, I'm like, ooh, sheesh. All right, this is a playoff team, the Bulls. They're trying to get back in. They're going to have you know, more hunger. Mm-hmm. And it was quite the opposite. The, the, hung, the team that had the hunger was the Indiana Pacers, and you saw it. And a lot of times, the the Bulls don't understand. The Bulls team does not understand. They are a measuring stick for the teams that are at the bottom half of the league. Hmm. Teams look at them, and, like the Pacers, mm-hmm. and they say, these guys? We could beat these guys. We might <laughs> lose to the Sixers. We might lose to the Milwaukee Bucks, but not these guys. And that's exactly what happened yesterday, and it's frustrating because you feel like the Bulls didn't then – you know, lift their game up to that level. But, you know, uh, they're closer to the lottery than they are to that plan percentage-wise. And I'm curious what this gentleman right here uh, thinks the Bulls, are uh, what, what p- direction the Bulls are going to end up uh, being. Joining us right now, 
uh, on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Of course, he is the Chicago Bulls senior writer at The Athletic and a very good guy. love having him on every time he's here. Of course, I'm talking about Darnell Mayberry. Darnell, what's going on? What's going on, gentlemen? Chilling. I- I'm curious, you know, I know that you- – I don't want to say you're less emotionally invested because you follow this team and you're there, but you kind of got to oh, have. I am. I know you got to. Yeah, you kind of sure. got to have the apolitical approach, but I. But like, how frustrating was yesterday for you? It, it started before the game. I feel like about at 11 a.m. I wanted to send out a tweet uh, that said, "If the Bulls lose this game, dot dot dot," and just let the fans <laughs> go with it. Yes. And, and I was like, "No, nah, don't do that. Don't rile them up. Don't you know? Don't push the you know." But but uh, and then they go out and lose the game, a game that you you knew everyone knew like they have to get this game just to keep their play in tournament hopes alive. Which we why are we talking about play in? We're supposed to be talking about a second round team, a team that can compete with the Eastern Conference heavyweights. And now here we are talking about them sneaking into the play in tournament. I mean, it just kind of shows you uh, how much this season has gone sideways. So it's one thing to give up to give up 125 to Phoenix with with all the the gifted offensive players they have available to them. Now it's two games in a row giving up 125. Pacers can shoot it and they 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 hustle around, but where'd the defense go? It felt like we got that that Pat Bev bump defensively. What's happened the last couple games here? Yeah, I mean they're they're running into teams that shoot threes that are doubling up their their three-point makes and that's just really a recipe for losing night in and night out and we're starting to ask Billy Donovan and the players the same question after each loss which is how can you possibly contend and and keep pace with these teams when you're facing a three-point deficit and discrepancy each night like you are so um, that's a big part of it I mean the defense uh, the offense isn't giving their defense a chance to be successful because they can't keep up with these teams offensively with the way the three-point line is, is such a significant factor in today's game. Talking to Darnell Mayberry here on 670, the score, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. To me, it's the rebounding, right? I mean, rebounding and three-point shooting. I was talking to Ant earlier mentioning it where it's like, you know, the Bulls are going to hit 15 buckets more than the Pacers, but the Pacers are just going to hit 10 threes and be right there with them, you know? Like, that's the that, – that, and it gets highlighted in those moments where you see guys like Chris Duarte, Therese Halliburton, just knock these down what seems like ease, but it just it, it, it highlights and makes me even more frustrated because you understand that, okay, they hit a three. All right, here we come down the court. We know it's going to happen. Super predictable. Zach's going to get the ball, drive to the cup. Maybe go, more often than not, go to his left and, and turn the ball over or hit a bad shot. DeMar's going to get the ball free throw line extended and try to get his shot. Vooch is going to – like, it's so predictable, but – it's like they have to play a perfect game against anyone in order for them to win. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's the, it's the uh, three-point shooting. It's the rebounding. Uh, you know, they, they'll play good defense for 19, 20 seconds and then uh, give up an offensive rebound and be unable to close out the possession with a defensive board. So that's a problem. And then turnovers, I'd also throw in there. I mean, you're seeing this team turn over the ball at, at an alarming rate and sometimes at the wrong times. Uh, at, at bad times in the game. And then that's allowing teams to get out in transition and, and score on them and, and get a lot of points off of turnovers, just easy buckets that, that's crippling for a defense. And so uh, all of those different things are just 
uh, if it's not one thing, it seems to be another, and it's at the wrong time, and it just seems like, yeah, if it's uh, if it's not rebounding, it's three-point shooting. If it's not three-point shooting, it's turnovers. And so they have to figure <laughs> out a way to, to figure out uh, how to stop that trend. Well, if there's any silver lining since the All-Star break, Zach Levine has really gotten his game going, man. What are you seeing as some of the biggest differences? We're now we're seeing a consistency to becoming that explosive talent that we saw when he first got here to Chicago. Yeah, he's healthy. Um, you know, he's battling with some some that knee injury that he was overcoming coming back into the season. So uh, now that he's finally back, he said that he's he was in attack mode all of February. I noticed it maybe two or three games out of the All Star break, he was just putting his head down and attacking the basket or, or looking for his shot to score. And I wrote about it saying that, you know, he must have took Patrick Beverly's words to heart when Patrick <laughs> Beverly got here and said, don't pass the ball, because Zach Levine looked like he did not want to pass the ball more than ever. And uh, fortunately for him and, and the Bulls, he's incredibly efficient right now, and he's making shots at a high rate, uh, which looks like uh, his form that he had last year before uh, getting that knee injury, which he had to have surgery on uh, in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I do agree with you, you know, Pat Bev coming in and, and Darnell. The reason why I appreciated that is because on this team, I feel like each individual, whether it be DeMar, Zach, or Vooch, and, and this is me, right, as a fan watching. this is, I don't know the intricacies of the team and what the relationships are, but, I, I, you know, I feel like there was nobody that was going up to Zach and be like, hey, you're the man, bro, right? Or nobody's going up to DeMar like, hey, bro, you, yes, that's you. You are that dude. Like, and a lot of times you need your teammates to do those kinds mm. of things to, like, lift you up. And I feel like Pat Bev came in and gave everybody that that confidence that they lacked. And again, I don't know the I don't know the, the relationships with the team, but just that's from what, what I felt when he's going up to these guys and, and really giving them that pat on the back instead of a kick in the butt that some people don't necessarily respond to as well in those situations. Yeah, I mean, he's still new to the team. I think he's still trying to find his way and, and learn the dynamics of the locker room and the personalities in it. Um, but but you can see he's not backing down from from any of the personalities or the conversations that he has to have. And I think – I don't think, I know. I mean, players have told me that they've been missing that uh, on this team all season and even going back to last season. So uh, Patrick Beverly should help in that regard, but with them – and the way they're playing and the way that they're losing these games, I mean, I don't know if anything's able to, to stop this, this momentum that they have in the opposite direction right now. Talking to Darnell Mayberry, senior writer at The Athletic, covering the Chicago Bulls, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 to score. Another Pat that I feel like has been playing particularly well is Pat Will. Uh, maybe Pat Bev told him not to pass the ball either and told him to start <laughs> shooting. Um, do, do you like Pat Will better coming off the bench? I don't, um, you know, it, it has, I'm not saying it's, it's horrible and it just shouldn't be, shouldn't happen. Uh, but listen, this team is in the 12th spot in the Eastern conference standings. If you're not making the play in tournament and your number former number four overall pick, isn't, uh, getting as many minutes as possible. What are they doing? That to me is pretty basic. And, mm. um, you know, that, that guy should be playing, as as much as possible, getting as many reps as possible, as many opportunities on the court to showcase his talents as possible. And, um, you know, I understand contending and trying to compete for this play-in tournament, but there's a bigger picture in play, and it just seems like the Bulls all season, going back to 
the, the icing on the cake was not making the move at the trade deadline. It just seems like the bigger picture is just absent all season. And I, I think that it's an interesting topic that maybe Gabe and I can kind of circle back around to later in the show also because I do think there's something to be said for for earning the minutes, earning the playing time. And, you know, Pat Will has done some some nice things as of late, especially on offense also. But I do like the idea of, of being forced, you know, bringing in Patrick Beverly. So now Io, has, and not that he wasn't already working hard, but now you're in a position where you got a vet, you got to come in here, compete for minutes, and see if you can earn that. So I think, I think there's a balance to be struck with that by Billy Donovan. As we do kind of continue down the stretch here, though, because to your point, Darnell, the season – if we're not calling it a lost season, certainly feels lost at the moment. If it's not lost yet, it's damn near close to being lost. So what are some of the the, the key factors that you would look for, you know, if, if Vooch is going to get re-signed? What are some of the elements that the Bulls' decision makers maybe need to focus on beyond just whether or not they make the play in? Yeah, I would look at some of the development of the younger guys. I mean, Kobe White looks like he's having a really good fourth season, yeah. uh, and he's uh, potentially a free agent this summer who can get away. Do they want to uh, relock him into a, a contract extension? Uh, Patrick Williams, Ayo DeSumo is also uh, ineligible to become a free agent this summer. So uh, they, they got some decisions to make. Uh, I would try to be figuring out, you know, which one of those guys I want to keep, which one of those guys uh, we can move on from. And, you know, it just seems like they're holding on to a, a dream at this point and a hope that uh, doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Darnell Mayberry here on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, Darnell. So I think uh, like the percentage is now 35% chance the Bulls can keep their pick. And I think it's like 6 7% or something along those lines that the Bulls can can make that play in. Uh, what, which, which do you think is a more – damn, why am I laughing? I feel bad talking about the Bulls like that. <laughs> which outcome do you think is more likely uh, for the Chicago Bulls? Well, I don't think they're going to make the play-in tournament. I think they're going to – uh, be on the outside looking in of the postseason, and 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 you know who knows if they hit the lottery. I mean that top four, it's a wild card. It's anyone's guess, and it's the only thing that can really save uh, this season at this point. If they get that top four pick uh, and and are able to keep it, then that that makes their off season a whole lot different and gives them options and flexibility that they don't currently have. So, uh, but I, I just don't see with their schedule being the way it is, with the way they're playing and. Uh, their inability to defend, rebound, uh, take care of the ball, and shoot the three at a high level on a consistent basis. Uh, the schedule is just too tough down the stretch. I don't see them uh, getting in. Uh, so the, at that point, it's a matter of what the lottery ping pong balls do and whether or not they're going to keep that selection. 8% chance, at to get the first yeah. pick in the draft. 8% right now. All right. I mean, Victor Wimbanyama, 8%. I'll take it. I go to the casino a lot. I play roulette. If you I like, get it, man. I like those things. He's worth it. He's worth it. Is, is there a – what would you point is the main reason Dalen Terry hasn't earned more, more tick here lately with all the energy he takes the court to? Yeah, the, the, the roster is, you know, the Billy Donovan's defense. The, the roster is loaded with much more experienced players, uh, more – talented players uh, who, who are ahead of him in the, in the pecking order and the rotation. Uh, and I get that, you know, Javante Green being out uh, for an extended period, perhaps the rest of the season, you know, that opens up a, a, an opportunity, I would think. Uh, and so I just love Dalen Terry's energy. I think that's another yeah. guy that they got to look at in terms of his versatility and all the things that he can bring to this franchise. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's a little bit of a, of a, of a clog right there, you know, with that. And you, you liked seeing it in spurts, but you could still, even when he was on the court, Donnell, you could see that 
you know, he just he just needed to add a little bit more. He needed a little bit more polishing. Still good in, in spurts. You saw what he can contribute, uh, but but obviously you're like, okay, if you had a knockdown three, we'd love you there. You know, if you weighed 15 more pounds, we might <laughs> like you. You know, a little bit more there. But 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 it is tough. And and when you're looking at um, the rotation, I mean, without Javante Green, I mean, you know, you see Derek Jones Jr. just got his first little bit of tick. You know, in, in the last couple of games, he had had a couple minutes there. I mean, even if Javante, you know, were healthy, I mean, do you think Billy would be able to find some some room for him, or do you think that because it seems like he's figured out his rotation right now? Yeah, I don't think he's gonna see the floor again. Patrick Beverly's arrival pretty much uh, hurt that, and and now you got Io, Kobe, uh, Patrick Beverly, Alex Caruso. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Derek Jones Jr., who struggling to even get into the rotation now. Uh, who's still ahead of Dale and Terry. So it just doesn't look good for him. But, you know, I will say, you know, everyone wants to say Dale and Terry is not this, he's not that. But the thing about it is, you know, look at the Pacers yesterday. They have a lot of guys who, who aren't ready, but they go out there and they, they perform, they play hard, and they, they never stop. Uh, you know, whether it's Benedict Matherin, uh, you know, Nemhart. I mean, they had a lot of Chris Duarte. I mean, a lot of young talent. Isaiah Jackson was another. They had a lot of young guys who – aren't quite ready, but they threw them out there. They put them into some parameters and some structure that put them in positions to succeed. And you're seeing the results with that Pacers team being a feisty bunch. So uh, I don't see why the Bulls should be any different. They've got veterans that, that make it a different set of circumstances, but they had an opportunity guys. I keep going back to the trade deadline. They had an opportunity to pick a direction. Everyone could see that uh, this wasn't going to work this season. And yet they stuck to their guns. And now here we are talking about, what if, what if, what if? And that's just a recipe for disaster. And now Darnell and I are talking about getting drinks to cry over the Chicago Bulls <laughs> after this season. Darnell, I appreciate you jumping on, man. Always a pleasure having you on. I love your insight on the Chicago Bulls team. I appreciate it, guys. Have a great night. Darnell Mayberry, Chicago Bulls senior writer at The Athletic, hanging out with us. Make sure you guys go follow him at Darnell Mayberry. Some absolutely incredible stuff that he tweets out, man. He got his ear to the streets. And obviously, like you mentioned, uh, gets an opportunity to talk to the guys a lot as well. All right, uh, on the other side, you know, let's just live in this frustrated space that we're in because there was mm-hmm. one person that was more frustrated than I could ever be watching the Bulls <laughs> game on Saturday. Chris Rock uh, yeah. had his Netflix special. Yeah. I caught the – I can't wait to talk about this. I caught the last half of it, luckily. Oh, okay. Luckily. <laughs> luckily <laughs> you caught the key moments. The key mo- – and, I, and I, I'm, all right, I will say, I thought I had missed it. Because all I right. jumped on at like a 940 uh-huh. and it started at 9. And I was like, ah, damn, of course he opened the show with that. So I was just watching as a casual Chris Rock fan. Right. And then he dropped the bomb on me. <laughs> uh, what was that bomb? And what, what did that sound like? And what did Ant and I think about it? We'll discuss a little Chris Rock uh, next. Do not go anywhere. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, right here on 670 The Score. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Hey. I'm here. I'm I, dancing. I smacked at the Oscar by this people I didn't hurt. It still hurts. Everybody called that man a bitch. Charlemagne called him a The Breakfast Club called him a And abuse my whole life I root for this Okay? And now, I, I watch Emancipation just to see him get whooped. Chris Rock special right there. Skate Ramirez, Anthony Heron. I, I will say this, Ant. There was a moment 
you know how like when you're with your boys and you're like capping on each other or whatever uh-huh. and then somebody gets a little too emotional and like, yeah. there was a point during that Chris Rock special where I was like oh these are real feelings and emotions right. this isn't a bit right. like this yeah. is he's he's letting his he 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 caught himself in a moment uh-huh. that he didn't think, probably think he was going to go. He's like go. legit venting right now. He is yeah. legit venting. Uh-huh. Uh, the special on Netflix took place Saturday. It was live. I know a lot of people were like, Netflix does live stuff? Well, yeah, they did it Saturday. Um, Chris Rock did a phenomenal job, as he always does. Big fan of Chris Rock. Um, did you watch it with the wife or were you watching it solo? Yeah, yeah. Watched it with the wife. We we put the put the youngster to bed. We My wife had reminded me of it because I'd seen some promos for it or whatever in the week leading into it. My wife reminded me of it earlier in the day. So got our son to bed. We were ready and, uh, you know, got got there, sat in front of the TV, started checking it out. And he kind of ramped up to it throughout the show. And frankly, I mean, like you referenced, you know, and you've done live performances in sure. a variety of different ways, just like I have. And there can be times where maybe you're not completely on your game from jump. And I kind of feel like it was that. I, I think he started a little slow and just kind of started to get a little more comfortable, maybe, you know, at least 10 minutes, somewhere 10 to 15 minutes into the show, I kind of thought like, all right, he's he's kind of found his groove, found his yeah. rhythm. He was kind of hurrying some of the the early jokes, you know, flubbing a couple of lines, but it's, it's live. live it's live. live for the world. I don't know what the viewership numbers were or whatever for the first whatever live Netflix comedy special, and it's Chris Rock, one of the great comics of all time, but for, you know, for him and for, you know, his group and everybody to put this on, I'm sure it was it did huge numbers. But you could tell he wasn't completely like in his yeah. groove until maybe 10 to 15 minutes into the show. And then there was a good chunk, uh, especially kind of in the middle, where it wasn't even related to Will Smith. That he just had, you know, kind of had some some good one liners, a oh, few yeah. good lines and and then, you know, some family centric stuff that he got into. And then he spends the last 10 minutes going completely all in ham on Will and Jada. And that's really what everybody ended up being waiting for. Everyone was waiting for that. I was at the edge of my seat because, as I mentioned, I was under the assumption because I came in like around 940 Mm. that he had already talked about it. So when he made that little transition to Will Smith and I was like, Ooh, and then you, you, you almost felt it in the crowd, too. Because he came out of there like, I, I don't need another mad rapper or something like yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah. it was trans- smooth. And he had, worked, he had mentioned that maybe two other times earlier in the show where he'd make a reference to, <laughs> you know, to some yeah. rapper. And, well, I don't need another, I don't, no shade, no shade, I don't need another mad rapper. And then everybody would laugh at that. Right. And, oh, is this, and then one time yet, he'd right. just move on and do something else. So he kind of dropped a couple of little Easter eggs in there earlier in the show, setting up for that final push. And, you know, he had some – I was trying to refrain from telling my parents some of the jokes because oh, they, they okay. love Chris Rock. They okay. didn't catch it. And they came over Sunday. And I was like, you guys didn't see the Chris Rock special? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I was like, uh, I was like, all right, I got to tell you one thing. So I'll say the same thing to you in the uh, audience. I want you to watch it so I won't give away a ton. But one joke that he said that really made me laugh hard was he's like, he's like I'm not going to fight Will Smith. He's like, he played Muhammad Ali. I played Pookie in New Jack City. I almost right, spit out my drink. Right. I was like, and then I, I just was like, damn. Because you visualize Pookie. And then the, uh, then the whole the whole crowd gives him a round of applause, which I felt was really cool. Like, they were giving him his flowers in the moment. Like, mm. damn, you're right. You went from Pookie <laughs> on New Jack City to Chris Rock, uh-huh. the global superstar. And, yeah. and it was really cool to see that. But 
the way he described it, the way he talked about Will, and the way you know, do you feel because he had comedy specials, you know, before that he he went on tour right after the yeah the Oscars yeah he's, and yeah he's, he's been, been doing shows know, over the last year, and from what I've heard from a couple of people who've seen him do you know his not televised specials, but doing his act since then, is that he's definitely addressed the Will Smith thing and and had some jokes on it, hasn't based his entire shows off of him or anything. So for me, this was my first time getting to see Chris Rock really okay. address this, you know, publicly or really at all in any way since then. But I was curious, is the whole show going to be based off it? Is he going to lead with it? Right. Is he not going to address it at all because he wants to be like, hey, I'm above this or whatever? And I mean, frankly, I mean, I you know, after it happened and we're the Oscars are coming up in a couple of days, we're basically a year. It's almost a year, certainly to the week of, of when yeah. this all took place yeah. last year when it first went down. And I, Chris Rock actually addressed this even in the midst of the, the comedy act was that Will Smith wasn't there. He didn't phrase it this way, but the way I phrased it to other people, I don't think Will was just smacking Chris Rock. Like Chris happened to be the recipient of it yeah, in yeah, that well moment. Said. But I think Will Smith was smacking a whole lot of folks who had a lot to say about him yeah. and about his wife and, and everything that was going on. And frankly, this has been going on for maybe a while leading into that time, but then definitely how public it all got in that stretch. And I think he's the type of guy where, you know, maybe folks kind of, maybe he sees it like take his kindness for weakness, take his smile for, you know, like they can come at him to a certain extent. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think he was, he wasn't only slapping the taste out of Chris Rock's mouth, but he was kind of wanting to maybe deliver a bit of a message to to everybody who had something to say about him and, and his wife and their relationship. Unreal. Uh, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score. Chris Rock got paid $20 million really? to do that okay. live Netflix. Okay. Can you imagine that? Uh-huh. $20 million? And I feel like so much of this over the past year, like everything, it's like you have to pick a side and say either one guy was completely in the right and the other side of yeah. this was completely in the wrong. And I, I don't know. I don't. I think what Will did was wrong in the moment. While at the same time, I think Chris Rock has made very public jokes about him and his wife it's multiple times. And yeah. you know, I, I don't think he should have walked on stage at the Oscars and slapped Absolutely him for not. it. While at the same time, you know, like you know, every once in a while, I think that that line will get crossed when you were talking about like you and your boys cap on each other. Eventually, you run into that habitual right. line stepper. Where you're like, hey, all right, if you're going to keep stepping that line, then, you know, sometimes there's something to be paid for. And let's be very clear, there's nothing more disrespectful than a slap. <laughs> right. Because like, you could have stole off him and then it would have been like, oh, damn, we knocked him out. Uh-huh. But, like, to just slap him like that, yeah. it's just that, yeah. that one was a, another thing. Uh, uh, it's called selective outrage for a reason because uh-huh. clearly that's what he was kind of leaning towards when talking about Will Smith. And, and Will Smith's star has suffered as a result of it. I'm sure he himself probably didn't think that would be um, the result of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, Prior to that incident, Will Smith was getting like some of the highest liked and and favorited um, posts and stories on Instagram. Mm. Like everybody was loving Will Smith. Uh-huh. Whatever he did, he was everything was going viral. And then this happened, and people just started to look at him a different kind of a way. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't feel bad for him because my my whole thing and from the beginning when this whole thing happened, and people were like, "Yo, what was this? What was that?" And I was like. Listen, if you if you if you if you really bought that life, I'm talking about Will Smith. If mm. you really bought that life, you would never go on stage and, and smack <laughs> a man like that, right? If you really bought that life, what you mm. do is you walk to the back uh-huh. and you say, "Hey, come here, bro," and you give that person that one right. little opportunity to just like. Stick his tail between his legs. But now, supposedly, he did that to Ethan Hawke a few years ago too, though. Like, oh, there was really? One, yeah, there was one time. I, Will I Smith? think it was at the. It was either. It had to be at the Academy Awards. So where else would Will Smith and Ethan Hawke be in the same room? Right. Where like Ethan Hawke, they they were both there, 
at the at the start of the award show, and then they came back from a commercial break, and Ethan Hawke was sitting there with like a mark on the side of his face, <laughs> and Will and Jada were gone. And you know, I, I haven't heard this confirmed oh. anywhere, but the, the story that you know was starting to circulate a little bit was that like Will. You know, gave even Ethan Hawke the business in a commercial break for some reason, and then he okay. just left. And Ethan Hawke's there. Whenever they showed him on camera, he's got Dead. this mark on the side of his face That's for some reason. That's so I, you know, I, I don't know what it was about. I don't. It's, nah. This is years ago at this point. I don't remember exactly what it what it would have been about. Mm. Uh, so you know, I don't think Will Smith is like rolling with John Morant or no. something like that. But you know, I, I, I don't think I don't, Will doesn't strike me as a guy who minds putting hands on people if Zero. he came down to it. Zero. I just I don't think he looks for it. And come there on. are moments. No, no, no. Oh wow! He's from West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground. Where's where he spent majority of his days. There's some fights that happens on the playground. <laughs> But, you know, and you and I, we're not going to get into the story, uh-huh. but we had a conversation about a situation where someone confronted somebody else about right. something like that. Right. But you give them the opportunity. If you're really that, if you're uh-huh. that dude, you uh-huh. give them the opportunity because you already know what's up. And you're yeah. like, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, I heard X, Y, and Z. And then, right. and then you give them that opportunity to be like, no, man, it wasn't me. And then that's when you're like, yeah, you're a little bitch, right? Like, okay. But if they get out of pocket just a little bit. Uh-huh. That's when you're, you're allowed ready. to retaliate you're and ready. do that kind of thing. And I feel like that's what Will Smith That would have been the proper moment. way to handle it that as opposed to, to with it. the world watching you so walk stupid. on stage. And so respect to Chris Rock for not retaliating in the moment. True. Now it's a year later. He's got his comedy special. And this is the, I suppose, the most professional way he could have gone yeah. about it. While at the same time. Making a bag. Chris Rock has caught a good amount of heat over the past year since then as well, whether it's because, you know, the the alopecia angle with Jada, that some folks have come out in support of her for that, and the bro, you know, perceiving the joke at the time as being inappropriate. It just kind of, like so much, just comics in general, of his career being examined with jokes about women, jokes about sexuality, and all these other things that come into it. When you choose that line of work, and especially when you're one of the most prominent to ever do it, there's going to be a lot to examine about that. That's what It makes me wonder a little bit, because you and I are of, of an age where we remember when Eddie Murphy was hands down the funniest person yeah. to ever walk the face of the earth. And then before COVID, when the, he was getting the bag from Netflix to supposedly return to stand up, and now it still hasn't happened yet. And mm. I'm just wondering, if it still happens, which I'm hoping it does— one, is Eddie going to be as funny as I remember him from being a kid? But then right. also, the version of Eddie Murphy we saw with the current sort of, you know, landscape of the public consciousness, what version of Eddie Murphy can we really even expect to kind of have him getting away with jokes that he got away with decades ago? If his special is not called Politically Incorrect, then I don't want to watch it. <laughs> All right. Uh, on the other side, we're going to get back to some sports. Uh, Carter Hawkins had the opportunity to chat with Mully and Hall earlier today. Want to play some clips from that, just so that, that way we can get a better understanding of what direction this Cubs team is headed in with the upcoming season. We'll do that after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect. 
your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.